0: It's time to strap in for another edition of the Cars Guide podcast, the show that takes you beyond the test drive. This is episode number 216, Best Cars Coming in 2022. I'm Cars Guide Deputy Editor James Cleary, and joining me in looking at the new sedans and hatches heading towards Aussie showrooms this year are two of our brilliant contributing journalists, Byron Matthew-Darkus. Hello, Byron. And Hello. Tim, and, Tim, and Tim Nicholson. Hello. We'll also take a look at the fresh metal we've been driving this week and dive into your feedback. YouTubers, you can jump ahead via the time codes in the notes um, or click on the chapter markers in the timeline. So let's get into it. All right. We've been been led to believe, you know, the sales figures would have us uh, believe that um, SUVs have swamped everything or people are buying utes and that's about it. Uh, But it's not the case. We've got conventional, what we term as conventional cars Hatches and sedans, new versions of those coming to Australia, and you guys have each authored a story um, just recently to, that ran over the uh, over the break, the Christmas New Year break, about the best hatches and the best sedans arriving in Australia in 2022. And what I'd like to do is have each of you take the lead, uh, as it were, on those two kind of subdivisions, and we'll just we'll walk through the the key arrivals. If Tim, we can start with you. Um, a lot of Volkswagen Group action and some hot hatches as well.
1: Yeah, you're right, JC. It's um it's it's the year of Volkswagen Group, apparently. Right, right. Um yeah, it's a bit of a crazy one. I, I wouldn't call this year a bumper year for hatchbacks. Um, yep. as you say, I mean, everyone's just gone SUV crazy. So hmm. there are just going to be fewer hatchbacks arriving. Um, but the ones that are coming are kind of quite exciting, particularly on the hot hatch front, which we'll uh, we'll get to. Um One of the most exciting things coming this year is a model called the Cupra Leon. Um, For those who are unsure, Cupra is another Volkswagen Group brand that was spawned out of Say It, um, which is their Spanish brand, which some of us will remember was sold. And I think it was Supermarket Sweep back in the 90s. They had the... Ah, yes. I wasn't born then. I don't remember. I say it. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. yeah, was yeah. it Cordoba? Anyway, there, yeah, a couple yeah. of different so- uh, say it makes, yep. Yeah. Exactly. So um, they're launching with a few models, and one of them is the Leon, which is basically Cupra's version of um, the Volkswagen Golf. It's it's that same MQB platform that they all share. Um, and uh, it's really interesting launching a brand, a brand-new brand, new brand uh, you know, now. But I think what they've done is very clever because the designs are very edgy. It's very modern. Uh, it's not going to be to everyone's taste. Even the badge looks like a Transformers emblem. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of appealing to to people who do want something that's not one of those legacy brands, even though it comes from a gigantic- And, and Leon you
0: know, sounds American. like the dodgy bloke that hangs out down at the bowling alley or,
1: or you know, the pool hall. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that's a very exciting um, prospect this year and that's cool. going to be mid-year. Fantastic. Um, and then uh, uh, another, well, one of the first hot, hot hatches to arrive yeah. is- the updated version of a car that i love the ford fiesta st, ST yes are you guys a fan of that car I'm
0: uh, utterly fiesta. devoted to that car i think it's fantastic <laughs> and it's interesting i'm just to preempt you a bit the thing that oh, it would benefit from more than just about anything else is just a little more talk, and that's yep. that's what we're going to get
1: yep thankfully it's Which is great. I mean, it, it, there's not much that that car does wrong, but you're right, a little bit more grunt would have been great. Um, It's getting a, a bit of a design refresh as well, and a bit of a tweak inside, like new seats and um, digital instrument cluster. So it's wow. it's just going to be a much more compelling proposition, even with those few changes. So very excited for that. One. Little little car like that, 320 newton metres, Like Yep. It's crazy. It is yeah.
0: crazy. Yeah. It's one oh. of the complete packages, that thing, isn't it? From mm, yeah. that from that it baby is. hot hatch. And
1: now it gets a, a slightly friendlier face, which I think can only benefit the car. Totally. Mm. That's a really good point, actually. It does look a little sharper now. Yep. Um this next car is one that I'm pr- I'm probably the most excited about any of these. All um, right. And that's the All new right. Peugeot 308. Yeah. Yeah. I think this thing looks smashing. Like when they revealed this design, I was like, that's exactly what that thing should look uh, like.
0: Point, points for use of the word smashing, by the way. I think that's – what are we talking? Just post-war England is when that was at its, <laughs> at its peak. <laughs> I'm glad.
2: Uh, and I, I just want to uh, support you on that. The 308, the previous 308 was one of the great underrated cars of the 2010s, and mm. in fact – I, I voted it to be car of the year in 2014. Mm-hmm. It's it was that good and consistently, especially the uh, the GTI version. It, I think it just showed the way. And I am with you, so excited. If Australians mm-hmm. don't turn on to the 308, uh, I, I, I'm going to just have to leave being a motor <laughs> journalist because I, I I just won't understand. It is such a great drive and so driven- this one this
0: one's this one's a bit bigger it looks like it's um what are you saying here tim 110 millimeters longer so yeah. that's a that's a fair stretch in
1: the body i think so too i think that's a decent amount of length um mm-hmm. it's still based on the um the platform, the MP2 platform, which the, the yeah. previous one was on, but this is you know a revised version of that. Um, there'll be plug-in hybrid versions. Um, if Peugeot, uh, if we're to learn anything that they've done in the last few years, there should be an electric version as well. Whether mm-hmm. we get that here or not is another question. But it's it's coming in the third quarter. I mean, I'm with Byron. Like. This should really give Peugeot a boost. It's such an exciting car.
0: Another theme seems to be the digital instrument cluster. It looks like, you know, the launches in 2022, that's almost going to be a given um, that people are moving to that.
1: Yep. Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, just they, one they thing. almost didn't get it because of the semiconductor oh, shortage. No, of course, yeah, of course, yes. The Australian yes, yeah. outfit, they held off and they've delayed the launch so they can launch with it, and I think that's a smart move. Gotcha. Yes, that's right. Um, just one more thing
2: with the 308. Uh, this new one, you see, James, it's bigger. It's mm-hmm. bigger because um, it addresses one of the few issues that people glo- globally have with this car, and that's rear leg
0: space. Oh, rear okay. So space. it's all so, gone in there. It's gone in there.
2: Exactly. So mm-hmm. um, it should... Absolutely uh, hit it out the park or smash okay. it out the park, as Tim would
0: say. <laughs> okay, well, it's that's true. good. Look, something to look forward to. Yeah. Excellent.
1: And speaking of growing, so uh, um, the next model that is coming in, that's coming in the second quarter, is the new Skoda Fabia. So that's yep. Skoda's baby car, little yep. light hatch. That is going to be quite a bit bigger than the outgoing model. The outgoing model is a fabulous little light car. I'm a big fan of that car. Yeah, would but you say fabul-
2: fabulous? Fabulous. Or- uh,
0: or- uh, I, I must uh, say, whenever I hear that name, I can't help but think of the most beautiful man in the world. And I'm putting an, I'm putting an O on the end rather than an A. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder anyway, if except it's when a seagull
2: fly, flies into his face. That's <laughs> <off>. that's, unf-
1: <laughs> that's unfortunate. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. But this is this is going to be sharing its platform with the current Polo uh, Volkswagen Polo, which is a, an excellent excellent car. So it is quite a bit bigger, um, and I think that they'll probably get a few more sales out of this. Also, it looks right. really good. Um, the the redesign is is a really really um, smart job. Um, yeah. And again, same as a lot of these cars, huge uptick in multimedia and a few other things. So yep. um, we'll Bigger look booth, to that one as well, which is good. Exactly.
2: And good on your Skoda for sticking with the super mini slash light car um, market, not only in Australia, but globally, because it's a shrinking market because of yep. smaller okay. SUVs. Yep. And I reckon it just, yeah,
0: um, yeah. Thumbs up. They're cool. Yep. They're ne- cool. The, the next one, Tim, is a good one. It's a good one.
1: Look I mean I think a lot of people are excited about this <laughs> um and that is of course uh, another Volkswagen product god there's so many uh, the Volkswagen Golf R ah, so that's in yes. hatch and the wagon is coming I think a little bit later but the the hatch will be first um up uh, around April there's been a few changes to times and things like that with the Golf R Yep um so look it, it's a Golf R is always going to be exciting it it looks like a Golf R from yes. the, the images I think they've they've done a very good job in making sure They've had that kind of evolution of design, Um, you know, that same punchy two-liter turbocharged engine. I mean, you guys, I guess, are are, are probably fans of this car as well. 400
0: newton meters now? 400 newton meters. That,
1: you know, uh, a a couple of decades ago, that was big V8 territory, 400 newton meters. That's amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Zero to 104.7 seconds. Like, this is going to be a fun car. And it just does what it does so well.
0: Yeah, yeah. There'd have yeah. to be a, a Bluebeard Special Edition, wouldn't there? The Golf R. The Golf R. The Golf R. <laughs> anyway, I, I think a lot was right riding on that car,
2: Or there's a lot of um, expectation because the previous Golf R, I thought, was one of the best versions of the Golf 7 slash 7.5. Yeah. They really
0: got that car right. So Yeah. Because to back in Golf 6 days, I thought the GTI was a better drive than, than the R. And mm-hmm. then um when the seven Agreed. and seven point five arrived, at, it kind of flipped that that script and the R really came good. I agree. Yep. Yeah, yep.
2: And so- in the
1: end, it was also one of the top selling variants of the entire golf range in Australia was the R. So wow, um, that shows wow. the power of that variant. Yeah. Okay.
0: And next up is a surprise in terms of the brand it's coming from, Tim.
1: Exactly. Well, the little uh, little Volkswagen again. Uh, but this time, it's you know the Polo. So yeah, yeah. Um, speaking about the Fabia before, um, this is not a, a full new model. This is just a facelift, but it's a smart facelift. They've they've brought in design elements from the Golf, the Golf Mark Eight. So yep. it, it kind of looks like a Mini Golf now. Mini Golf. Huh. Mini Golf. Uh- <laughs> Another limited edition, just begging to be done. 100%. Um, it, it's interesting. I've, I've uh, just written a story about uh, the Polo actually. Um, it's selling really, really well because they weren't affected by the semiconductor shortage. Because the Polo is actually sourced from the South African factory, not the German factory, which had all right. the problems with semiconductors. So the, the Polo is actually outselling the Golf at the moment. There's a lot of people are going. Well, we can get this car now. There's no delays. It's it's quite a big, you know, light car, um, and this one again just upticks in um, multimedia and um, safety and that kind of thing. So um, that will hopefully be another winner for Volkswagen. Excellent.
0: I'm, I'm for what it's worth. I'm a big Polo fan. I think it's just a, a terrific car. It's just got better and better in subsequent um, generations. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, and we're we're getting. We're getting down the list. Next, we uh, we're, still in, we're still in the same VW Group uh, warehouse. What's coming well, out we really
1: next? Are. We've got the Audi A3, which is imminent. Um, yes and this is another interesting redesign particularly when you look at the the high powered performance versions and i don't know what you two think but i think the rs3 which will be coming later in the year is a very sexy looking thing um of course this will come first this is just the regular um, run-of-the-mill um a3 um similar engines to the the outgoing version, but yep. um, again, big tech upgrade. And um, uh, yep. look, we'll, we'll probably see electrified versions of this at some point.
0: And, and also, some of the what are now considered basics being included, like AEB, um, and and again, a digital cockpit uh, like display uh, for instruments and things. So, bringing it up on, onto the pace for that kind of stuff too. Yeah. It'd, be see, it'd be interesting to
2: see. It'd be interesting to see how that car performs because um, the things that made the A3. Different compared to its donor car, the Golf, uh, that seems to be that gap seems to be closing. I mean, with yeah. the electronics and the um, digitalization and and you know, the increased comfort and refinement.
0: Uh, well, yeah. the the elephant in the in the kind of badge engineering room has, al- has always been the difference between an Audi badge and a, and a VW Rondell, hasn't it? You know mm. that yeah. that so much under the skin is so similar, yet there's a premium there to be had. Yeah. Yep.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, we're moving away from the Volkswagen group for a little minute um, and we're back in the Ford stable. Unreal. And the next model coming is the Ford Focus ST in the second quarter. Now that's again another facelift just like the Fiesta. Um, it's interesting i quite like the focus st in this generation and again they've just sharpened that styling up really well it looks much more modern than the version they launched only a few years ago um no changes under the skin as far as i'm aware i believe it's just mostly inside and the styling tweaks but there's also now a a a more premium version like you've got the i30 n and the n premium i think and and mm-hmm. this is oh. a similar strategy from ford so, so called st stx correct yeah, yeah. stx yeah. interesting okay yeah.
0: yeah well that's it's do you do you run your own race or do you watch what the competition's doing and, and kind of, it's a it's a tricky one as a as a product yeah. planner but uh okay yeah. that's interesting absolutely
1: and uh, rounding out the the hatchbacks for the year is one that I'm sure we're all pretty excited about, um, and that is the Honda Civic Type R in new generation, guys, and that'll be much later in the year. Yep. I mean, the the regular version's only just launched late last year, so we won't see this for a while. Um, but if that outgoing one's anything to go by, then I, I think we can all be pretty excited about this one.
0: Um, amazing. And, you know, if the if the rumour mill is to be believed, we're looking at a two-litre petrol uh, turbo with two electric motors for just under 300 kilowatts. That's, that's in that, that mental territory where you've got two-litre engines producing 300 kilowatts and, and thereabouts.
1: It's crazy. And it's, yeah. what's going to be interesting as well, JC, is looking at um, the pricing of this thing. If, if we're learning anything from the, the, the Civic, where there's only one grade at the moment and it's about $45,000 drive away from memory. Yeah. Um, uh, so, this thing, I mean, how much are we going to be looking at for, for the Type R? You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, that's right. The outgoing version, I think you were saying fifty five grand mm. before you put it on the road. So, um, yes, who knows what territory we'll head into with this new one.
1: Yep. And finally, I just have to say this this behind me, the Honda E is sadly not coming this year or probably ever to Australia, but I just had to show it because it's so pretty. It's, it's hard to
0: believe that it wouldn't do well. Um, but anyway- Uh, Who are we we to argue the toss? We don't know what's going on inside uh, the boardrooms, et cetera. All right. Thank you, heaps, Tim. Now, uh, Byron, Mm -hmm. over to you on the even more conventional cars that that, uh, many of us had believed were were already gone, but there are new arrivals in the sedan uh, sedan arena. And again, we're talking about um, different powertrains and, and different tech. It's being added to keep the whole format alive. Can can we do a similar walkthrough, please? Yeah, absolutely. And as you just uh, touched on,
2: it is the advancement of electrification that has probably thrown a lifeline to the sedan and lift back, and that's because essentially they tend to be lighter than um, oh, SUVs okay. And, okay. and trucks yep. and that sort of thing, which yep. makes the powertrain more efficient and they can get uh, better range and and, you know, Yep, that sort of thing. So, um, but the flip side is they're all expensive, premium slash luxury vehicles. So, um, unfortunately, if you're um, waiting to hear about some sort of you know Holden Commodore style or, you know, Kia a replacement. Um, it's not going to be there. It's not going to happen. And, <laughs> and, and, nor, okay. and, and nor, should, nor is the new Mondeo coming. That's China only for now. So, cool. Uh, so kicking things off, uh, the Genesis G80 Electrified, which is very much in that stratosphere of of, um, of limousine uh, luxury cars. This one goes up against the uh, the Mercedes EQS, which I'll talk about in a moment. Uh, yep. Hyundai, of course, being a powerhouse of electrification, um, you know, as Korea is, and, uh, and Kia too, of course, and Sengong. Let's not forget little old uh, We're talking, yeah. So we're talking about 500 kilometres of range, um, sub-five seconds to 100, all-wheel drive, two electric motors, and five metre long. Which is um, great. So you that-
0: know, 500 kilometres of range, that's a solid number. Um, and it's, oh, yeah, so that's yeah. very impressive.
2: Yeah. But you can imagine that this car and the Mercedes EQS, which is uh, also due uh, this year, that one's coming in the uh, second quarter, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. late in the first quarter, uh, we're talking similar numbers as well, you know, almost mm-hmm. 500 kilowatts of um, of power, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, the fastest one, of course, being the uh, AMG, <laughs> yes. is Tesla Model S, Played fast, like exactly. You know, low exactly. three seconds to one hundred, um, and you know cars that are designed for German autobahns, um, autostradas yep.
0: in Italy, and and that sort of thing.
2: Um, Which again-
0: I think it's a question we touched on in 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 recent weeks about, and we've had some feedback um, from listeners and, and viewers too saying there's a big push on power because electric motors are so you know dynamic. They get cars up and running fast. The acceleration is is always pretty eye opening and whether or not people are going to be ready for this. And there's an onus on manufacturers to just be responsible, I suppose, in yeah. terms of how much power they actually put into these mm. things.
2: Well, yeah. And, um, you know, we know that you can buy a Model 3 Tesla, another little electric sedan that is almost as fast for, you know, pretty much under eighty grand nowadays.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. It, the, the, the performance Model 3 warps the time-space continuum. You know, it is mm-hmm. it is. Properly quick. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry. Um, let's, so the, so we're, yeah. we're in AMG territory, which, yeah. yeah, it'll be ridiculously fast.
2: Yeah. Also, I just want to point out the EQ, the, the whole EQS range, I think it progresses also the design uh, language of sedans. I mean, I love that mm. kind of fast okay. styling of it. I think it's one of the prettiest Mercedes sedans in years. I think that it yep. really is a striking standout thing. And I think when you want a luxury car, not only do you want the toys and electrification and speed, I think um, elegance and beauty should also be something that is a given if you're paying a premium for a vehicle.
0: Don't you you agree? I agree. Well, talk about paying a premium and talk about, you know, luxury sedan, Uh, the next cab off the rank is, you know, at the top of that particular (laughs) stratosphere. And we're not talking necessarily new tech under that car bonnet. Um, <laughs> a couple of turbos and 12 cylinders. Yeah,
2: exactly. And, it, you know, it, it it amuses me that Mercedes or Daimler, as it used to be known until this week, I think, um, persists with the Maybach range. The Maybach S680 is really going up to the kind of like the super stratosphere up against the Rolls-Royce Phantom, the, the Bentley yeah. Flying Spur, um, a six-liter twin-turbo V12 that actually only goes only um goes to one hundred and four point five seconds. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, that's actually that's
0: pathetic, laughable.
2: I know. I mean, you know, Morris Minor can. Um, if you add a zero, maybe I a couple of zeros to the four. You know, it's quite
0: interesting that the the, the whole web thing, in particularly YouTube, and going down rabbit holes of YouTube, where some of these exceptionally rich people are actually putting themselves out there. You know, mm-hmm. and the, and they're the ones that buy these cars. They're around. There aren't yeah, yeah. that many of them, quite obviously, but they're voracious. They have an appetite mm-hmm. for for buying new hyper luxury cars that beggars belief. But they're around, obviously. Exactly. Well, you know, it's it's also the the funds of these cars in terms of sales from
2: you know billionaires and trillionaires yeah. and that sort of thing. I guess pays for the safety tech and you
0: know all the other advancements that. Make it's it. a very very positive spin to put on that. <laughs> oh well, <like>, you know.
2: <laughs> well, otherwise, I mean, I don't know if you like the styling. Everything I said about the oh. EQS
0: is the opposite for. Oh yeah, know, oh yeah, yeah. Mean, it's it's Miami, it's Miami style. Yep, too right, much, yeah. too yeah, much. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, and, and then we're, anyway, still, in, back we're from, from, still we're still in Germany. Uh, and, uh, yes,
2: we're and back from Uranus, Uranus to uh, to <laughs> to Earth. <laughs> Porsche take Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, – this car is now, of course, on our roads, but and we've got the sports wagon, but, you know, there are more variants coming with, um, you know, increasing the, you know, the appeal of a car, which is already pretty much Porsche's most
0: popular. It's amazing. You I know what? Know. That's been one of the surprises for me. That that was mm-hmm. one of the biggest surprises of, for what it's worth, of mm-hmm. 2021 is how popular the Taycan has proved to be. I know. And, you know, this is the poster child
2: i think for uh why people still want sedans they still want efficiency they still want sensibility in a car and you Mm. know hopefully and sexiness too i mean yep i mean you look at the eq uh, sorry the eqs i think it's, it's beautiful um and this car is beautiful uh and it just shows the potential of great design in a traditional package that isn't old fashioned that doesn't look back but looks forward i, I love it yep i love and it and this it's so, so the the the, diff,
0: the difference here is that we're getting a conventional rear wheel drive sedan is that is that correct mm. version right. of taycan
2: yeah oh yeah that's right so it's more affordable so that should just in, um, increase the uh, the uh, appeal of the vehicle even more i think the taycan has certainly just kind of um, put a put a line in the sand for manufacturers to say in a, uh, you know or importers rather to say um, showing that yes people want stands they are willing to pay for electrification so let's just get behind all that sort of stuff let's get the infrastructure going and let's just catch up with the rest of the world
0: all right as
2: poster they- child.
0: And the, the the next one is almost word association for electrification, isn't it? I mean, it, yeah, it's absolutely. it's the one that's that's really moved the whole game along. And mm-hmm. and now we were also talking performance. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. So the Model S. I mean,
2: can you believe it's been like ten years ago this year that that thing really started, you know, gaining what's momentum.
0: It, and what's it had one cosmetic tweak
2: during that time, really? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, this time around, though, we're talking um, you know improvements that are. Uh, absolutely necessary for a car that is more than a decade old and that is a completely overhauled interior. Right. Um, you know, I mean, the exterior changes are minimal and that shows the inherent rightness of this design. I think that the, the, to me, the model S looks no less attractive now than it did um, back when it debuted. So true. It's
0: aged really 2010 well. or whatever. At the, yeah. um,
2: but you know, the, <laughs> as opposed to the base take hand, we're talking about the, um, the, the, absolutely stonking high performance version which not only gives you 637 kilometers of potential range but goes from zero to 100 in a record break in 2.1 seconds flat i mean yeah it's it's uh, 761 kilowatts wow so mm. yeah and no wonder you know i mean we we laugh at elon musk and you we know do. his nuttiness, but. Jeez,
0: you know, could, there be, a, could there be could there be a new right? a new front page story seven hundred and sixty one kilowatt speed monsters on our roads oh, supercar supercar scare like back in the early seventies uh, absolutely I mean we're yeah. we getting into that same territory where these cars are you know in the wrong hands mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. And anyway. you were a motoring journalist back then weren't
2: you <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you recall? Uh, what
0: now, here's here's one that um, it kind of speaks to the fact that these stories went live over the uh, Christmas and New Year break because the next one has already touched down in Australia, but it is very fresh metal um, into Volkswagen showrooms.
2: Correct. Uh, and, of course, that's the on the, uh, the revised Arteon with its um, <clears throat> smiley face. I really like that face. Mm. The car looks great. Um, this the on is now the cheapest of the sedans uh, that we that we've, we talk, that I'm talking about on this podcast. Mm. But it's yeah. also one of the cheapest sedans you can buy, certainly of of of, you know, I, of a family oh, size. I've and, always um, thought
0: that Volkswagen really knows its way around this format. In that mm. the, the original one, the CC, um, yeah. I thought for yeah. the money was exceptional. In that mm. it, it punched well above its weight. It was as good as. You know, premium sedans way above its price category, and uh, C, I've, got, C, it. I've got it. Yeah, SCC, um, a Spanish LE, and and I think this one has the potential to be just the same. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. And you know, with the news, what we did learn over the uh, the summer holidays is that uh, Volkswagen is going dis- to going to discontinue the Passat sedan. Right. Um, so this kind of underlines the importance of the R-Town even more. So, yeah, uh, uh, of course. As per most Volkswagen products, this car um, uh, gets the updated Golf Eight um, MQB Evolution. Uh, yeah. Of course, there are, there are front drive and all wheel drive performance versions. Uh, yeah. The R line, which adds a little bit more um, flair and and you know and appeal to the car. Yeah, um, yeah, basically something that can um that, uh, maybe a Skoda Octavia RS or a Mazda 6 Turbo or Hyundai Sonata R-Line in line um, yep. inline rather um buyer can aspire to 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 get as well or to move up to so cool cool um, yeah
0: yeah and then, and yeah. and just to just to show what a quiet year the Volkswagen group's having in Australia mm-hmm. um yeah. the it's next car that. yeah that's right <laughs> so we just give Volkswagen another call
2: out because they, they have been very quiet <laughs> <laughs> In mean, the roll out. and that of course is the audi a8 the uh the first production um aluminium or modern aluminium yeah oil drive sedan which you know really is it been more than 30 years it's been i think next year's 30 years since the first of the aluminium A8s. it was such
0: a breakthrough at that time it was pretty impressive that yep, whole exactly. all alloy architecture yeah that's right
2: so this is we're just talking about a mile of facelift but you know getting you know Digital OLED LED taillights and digital matrix LED headlights, just the usual kind of facelift fare. But you know, we're talking about a large, imposing, yeah. old school um, combustion engine. Sedan to go up yeah. against its um its perennial rival, the S class, and of course the BMW seven series and Lexus LS and so on and so, so some such. So and, and
0: a single speaker audio just in the top of the dash, isn't it? No, actually it's 30, 23 <laughs> speakers and 1, no, 1, excuse me, don't knock it 1920 watts. Um,
1: that's right.
0: they, it's going to be they could go to one of those sound off things, you know, and just open up the doors and set the db meters. Um, flying that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, what do you need that many speakers for? Like, oh, well, yeah, left.
0: my
2: my camera has only one speaker, sure, that <laughs> exactly. still suffices. So, that's yeah. fine, yeah, yep, yeah. and probably, um, from a I guess, uh, the most relevant mm. new sedan to come. In 2022, in terms of popularity and market leadership in its um, in its segment, of course, is the Evergreen C-Class, yep. which gets Mini S-Class looks now an all new platform. Um, a lot of the um, S-Class technology has trickled down. You know, trickle down economics does work when it, when it comes to Mercedes-Benz. Trickle down automotive economics, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, of course, this also jumps on the electrification. Bandwagon with um, you know forty-eight volt mile hybrid systems um, being available even in the cheapest version, the C two hundred, and the bestseller, which is a three hundred, as well of course as the upcoming, yep, four cylinder only AMG model. So uh, the big news, of course, with the C class is that it's now simply a four cylinder only range.
0: Yeah, Despite right
2: nomenclature which suggests it might have a stonking you know twin turbo V eight. It'll be, it it'll be an
0: interesting uh, fork in the road for Merc exactly. AMG, won't it? Yeah. To, to, whether yeah, or not people, there's an appetite. Yep,
2: yeah, that's right. People will go, holy fork in the road when they see yeah. that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, by all accounts, this car should uh, re-establish this particular series as uh, one of the leaders in that, in that class. You know, So we're talking about BMW 3 Series, Audi A4, that sort of, that sort and it's of thing. But,
0: it's been that model over time has been emblematic of Merck's move into the mainstream, hasn't it? You know, it's mm, often mm. A, a top ten player as an individual model in the sales results. And correct, uh, James. You know, and yeah, yeah. Yep. And just to wrap
2: what everything I've just set up, these cars all have one thing in common: they are they've adopt they're adopting or have adopted electrification. And yep. the combustion version of these of all the models I've spoken to, such as the on and the um, and the C Class, may be the last. Um, generations of these before they Mm. kind of wholly move into electrification. And so there will be a coming together of the electric versions and the combustion version. So yeah, um, I guess the takeaway from all this is if you like your old school combustion sedans or, um, Yep. Or, or you know, electrification.
0: Buy by a Maybach, buy uh, a Maybach V12 twin turbo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, but yeah,
2: they're still around, and there's still life left in the uh, the sedan.
0: Well, that that is great. I mean, aside from everything else that we've covered over the last couple of weeks, just in the hatch and sedan area, there's so much exciting mm. um, product hitting our way. Mm. That's great, mm. and, yeah. and that's the insight I think too, Byron, is that they're all prepared um, and and ready for the shift to alternate powertrains. So exactly. All exactly. right. Well, let's mm. let's get that's that's good. Let's get into our garage where where cars that we can drive and have been driving reside. Mm. And Tim, if I can start with you, it's it's not exactly bleeding edge when it comes to uh, the powertrain um, under the bonnet. Fill us in on on what you've been driving. Give us a give us a, a intro, a good or bad, and a and a summation.
1: Look, so I last week um, spent some time with the Jeep compass Trailhawk. so the compass sits in small suv segment but it's actually one of the largest um, models in that segment um the Trailhawk's the flagship so it's it's got um some off-road ability it's trail rated as jeep likes yes to trail rated yes um it's also the only vehicle left in its class with a diesel powertrain um, there, you cannot find a small mainstream brand SUV with a diesel powertrain. In fact, the only small SUV you can find is a BMW uh, X One. That's yep. it. Yeah. Um, so if you're really gagging for a diesel, go. This off. is it, right? This is it. But um, I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> uh, look, there's a yes. few things to like about it. Um, that you know the, the U Connect uh, multimedia system. They have improved that out of sight. Like, okay. It, I, I The graphics, everything about that, the functionality, I was really surprised because I think one's the old, remember the old, like the 300, Chrysler 300, the Uconnect connected that it wasn't very good. Okay. They have just spent so much money on this thing. And honestly, I think it's better than some of, or well, certainly a lot of the Japanese competitors, um, maybe not quite as... Intuitive as the Koreans, uh, Kia and and Hyundai, but just a good system. Very spacious interior. Um, They've completely redesigned the interior. It's just a facelift, but they have completely redone the interior, and it's a top job. Um, There's a few things to not like about the seats. Are a bit weird. You feel like you're sitting on top of it, and it's it's all a bit weird. S- s- sadly, there's not a lot of positives for me with this right. vehicle. All the right. drive experience wasn't great. Um, the ride is very busy and quite sharp and unpleasant. Um, I know Byron has an opinion on this. I-, I thought the engine could have done with a little bit more grunt, as, as I think he pointed out as well. That it's got some really good mid-range grunt, but um, quite a bit of lag. Um, it's quite noisy. Um, the steering is terrible it's oh. it's i just found it this is not the kind of vehicle that you have for like a little city suv right right and i'm not sure what this is the well, vehicle that, for well, this that's, that's was yeah. the, the
0: question doesn't it you know is it a is it a cow using it on their property or something is it is it, it's it's real shining star is in the off-road capability
1: or well oh, i didn't get to take it off-road so i can't okay. speak to that but the other right. problem is is that it it starts at just under $52,000. Now, that's recommended retail. So mine had a few um, extras in it, and on the road, it was $60,000. Mm. Now, mm. sorry, but I'll go the Audi Q3, that variant that's about the same price, or uh, any other high-end, you know, mainstream SUV It will be quite- For you'll opt for that one. okay, 100%. The value is just not there at all.
2: Okay, it's a very All it's a very specific market, isn't it? Like, if you uh, want a jeep and you need it to be small, but you live on a property and you know you've got money mm-hmm. to burn, maybe that's when you should yes. buy this car. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank, thank you for, for that, one. Tim. Thank you, <laughs> oh. um, Byron. A very interesting vehicle. And probably not going to be used on a property uh, to get around, <laughs> but fill fill us in. That's right. So, uh,
2: in my personal opinion, the car or the star car of two thousand and twenty-one uh, was, of course, the Hyundai Ionic Five. So, I had the uh, the fortunate pleasure of uh, having the base car, the seventy-one thousand nine hundred dollar two-wheel drive version of the Ionic Five, uh, with simple with with two-wheel drive and a single motor, and. I've got to say that car exceeded my expectations Okay. Um, from a packaging point of view, you know, things that we've all spoke, spoken about really already, that great interior, the, you know, the striking head turning design. I had people stop me at traffic lights running up to the car saying, what's it like? What is Unreal. it? Is Isn't it great? great? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. you know, it just, that car did not disappoint. Um, riding on those large um, 19 or 20 inch wheels. I can't remember. I think it's 19 inch or 20 inch wheels. They, it's, it has a great ride. It's quiet on the freeway. And, you know, it really deserves
0: that accolade of being just one of the, um, and it, you know, and the it's top And it's a big car, isn't it? I mean, from, mm. from 10 metres away, it looks like a hatchback to me. <laughs> Absolutely. But, the, but the, the closer you get to it, the bigger it becomes right. and the more SUV-like. Absolutely. And
2: um, the two points I wanted to make are, first, if you're in the market for a Model, uh, Model 3 Tesla or, you know, that sort of thing... You just have to check this car out first before you sign the dotted line because it has the um, the integrity, the practical, the hatchback practicality, that space as you said because of its of its size. It's mm. it's quasi SUV ish, so you maybe consider it over a Model Y or a Model um, uh, or the, the is it Model, Model X? Y the Model X yeah mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, it's just absolutely um, you know right up there, but. The biggest surprise for me, and this, and this really shocked me, is that I decided because I had it over um, a ten-day period, I decided to uh, go to a seaside town hundreds of kilometres away. Ah, uh, I see. I charged it up, and I, I drove from Melbourne along the Kolek Highway to Apollo Bay, and that's pretty far away, mm. and uh, and then drove the ocean road back with my partner and our dog and a few bits and pieces. Yep. And on one charge, we saw 420 kilometres with with um, with range left over
0: to spare. And wow!
2: With air conditioning on in a thirty-five degree day, wow. Um, wow. driving it as if it, like absolutely no regard to hypermiling or trying to preserve electricity, right. just using it as a car.
1: Well, that's you know
2: real Lana, world
0: stuff. Lana the Labrador mm-hmm. will not stand for a hot car on a summer road trip.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. But she wants to be seen in a hot car, and this is What <laughs> the Ionic 5, yeah. so so I mean, that's yeah. just absolutely, um, no pun intended, but it shocked me that the amount of range, yeah. real world range that we, this car got. I mean, I, I don't think I've owned electric cars, I used to have an Nissan Leaf and I've championed them, but you have to be pretty careful or optimistic or lucky to get even close to the stated um range in this car. It's a reality, well, it certainly was for the Ionic 5. Uh, two-wheel drive, single-motor version that I had at 71900 which to me makes it
0: a great value bargain. And, and Byron, just to, to round it off, in many ways, the Matthew Darkest collection rivals the likes of Jay Leno or the Peterson Museum, that mm. it's, it's growing all mm. the time, the stock is turned over on a regular basis. Maybe um, more Jay, Jay Lo, but yes, yes. Jay Low. Um, yeah. You've you've added to that. Just, just quickly tell us about your latest acquisition.
2: Oh, that's right. Look, I just... I just have to tell you that I have joined the J, not J Leno, but or J Lowe, but J Caranks. Yes, a Holden Camira. Unreal. It's just yep, a 1988 Je Executive Wagon. And it's not uh, your
0: first Camira ownership.
2: No, I've um, no, I've, I've um, I've collected all Camiras over my um, my driving career. I had a go. JB SLX. I had a briefly a JD SL. And now I have a JE executive wagon, um, 230,000 kilometers. Um, I picked up in 40 degree heat um, out in um, Bury in South Australia, drove it back down to Melbourne via a whole bunch of other places, more than 750 kilometers, ice cold air conditioning. Wow. Problem, great. And great. nine liters per hundred kilometers in a holding Camira. That's Just, amazing. You know Says what? it all. Says it all. Supercar. That's what <laughs> they said. and
0: yeah so I did not
2: you know that yeah so All right. that was my um, that was my january
0: um, now I'll I'll just I'll just wrap I'll wrap this uh, section up with the car I've been driving lately and um the review is, and I think Tim your review is on the on the site as well That's right. Um mine is on the cars guide site as well uh Ionic 5 Byron that's for review with us is it not? No this
2: no. was uh this was just me uh you know, having a oh, wish good. come
0: true. Yeah. All right. So, very good. Yep. So mm. I was in the Audi Q2, and this is the 40 TFSI, which is the the premium out of two models under the the SQ2, which is your your performance car. Ten dollars under fifty thousand, so it's at that fifty thousand dollar mark. Two liter turbo petrol, four seven speed dual clutch auto. It's all wheel drive. It has the Quattro system. 140 kilowatts, 320 newton meters. It's only 4.2 meters long, so it's it's city sized. 0 to hundred about six point seven, so it's it's brisk um, yeah. for sure. It, it you know it's lined up against the likes on pro, on money. It's almost exactly dollar for dollar for certain versions of the BMW X2, Mini Countryman, Volvo XC40. There are others that are above it and, and below it, but those mm. three seem to be a pretty decent competitive set. The the strengths strong performance from that engine. It's it's really impressive. It's space efficient too for such a compact little. SUV. Um, the back seat accommodated me at 183 centimetres mm-hmm. um, with headroom, legroom. I was really impressed by that. Um, the value, it's well equipped at that money. $50,000 is a pretty decent chunk of change, but you do get um, a lot of uh, features included. I won't bore you with the details. And it's a, it's a pretty engaging drive. It steers nicely. There's good road feel. Um, the downside is that it's just a bit firm. You pay a price for that. It's a little bit firm in the ride. Um, and you, you want to, if you're going to test drive one, take it to a road that you know seen better days and make sure that you're ready uh, for that. Um, it may be fine, maybe not. Are and adaptive dampers available with that, James? Do you know? Not to my knowledge. Yeah. It, it might be, but I'm just answering off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then the other thing is it's maybe not just an Audi, but the media display is not a touchscreen. So um, you find yourself using a rotary controller, which can click side to side, it's got a writing pad on the top and you can twirl the thing, but it's just, in my view, not as easy and safe as being able to just lean over and press a button. It's obviously the school of thought that says, look, looking over, leaning into a screen is dangerous, but I'd argue using a controller and looking at the screen anyway to try and navigate your way around is on balance a worse option. And I found it frustrating. And um, there were, the other thing was there's only modest backseat power Uh, and storage options there's no fold down armrest with cup holders Um, there are no outlets for powering up anything Um, no vents for rear seat passengers so okay it's a small car and the air is going to circulate pretty rapidly but it's always nice to have those. so there are a few little downsides but um, i thought it was an impressive car in many ways okay now there we go now feedback comment of the week it's on top of the shipping container at the front of the car's guide forecourt this is um What stood out, but before we do uh, mention our comment of the week, we did make an omission last week when a few people tell us that we missed the Model Y um, from um, uh, SUVs headed our way in 2022. The the update on it is they're planning to open orders. We understand maybe announce pricing later this month, uh, meaning deliveries probably won't start until May or June at the earliest. So it's arriving this year, but not immediately. That's that's our understanding. But uh, the, the comment that uh, caught our attention was Lofty Visions, uh, a regular uh, listener viewer. He says, interesting podcast again, fellas, over here in McGowanistan. so I don't know whether that means he's a fan or otherwise of the Western Australian Premier. Um, he said it hit over 40 degrees at Christmas. Our power went out several times due to everyone switching on their air comms. I dread to think how Western power will cope when everyone's charging their EVs too. And I think that does open up a pretty basic question around infrastructure and wholesale adoption of electric vehicles. And maybe, you know, you take advantage of off-peak and and all of that, but a whole bunch of cars being charged up at the same time, it's a question that needs to be addressed, I suspect. What do you guys make of that?
2: Well, that's the uh, argument for developing fuel cell and hydrogen technology in my mind. Yeah. Because um, I can't see uh, the, the uh, antiquated el- uh, electrification um, system coping with yeah. everyone well, as, charging as, their
0: laptops. As Lofty says already, you know, yeah. everyone putting on the aircon and, and the, whole, yeah. the lights go down in the whole town.
1: Yeah. I can't that, see. Yeah. I can't see. Yeah. Especially I'm, in I, I think that's. That's correct, though, Byron. Like it's We have to look at the entire grid and how ancient the entire energy system in this country is. So mm. I don't think it's an excuse to not roll out electric vehicles. I think it's a perfect excuse to go, well, let's get ready for this, which we should have done a long time ago, and completely rethink our entire energy yeah. system in this country, obviously renewables and all that kind of stuff. But to have the the ability to support all of this, you can do it. You've just got to have the... Guts yeah. to do it as it's a true,
0: government. true. Because some of it is still like a hamster wheel, isn't it? You know, it's pretty yeah. feeble um, in yeah. various places. All yeah. right. Well, I'm, th- I'm thinking just one thing I just want yeah, to say yeah. I
2: think that yeah. the vehicle to uh, building, um, like returning charge from an electric car, I think that sort of thing should be made mandatory.
0: That's for an interesting cars
2: sold interesting. In Australia or anywhere in the world, really. So at least during these times of, um, you know, of blackouts or whatever, yep. the cars
0: can actually give back to the grid. Well, and- maybe when we're living in Matthew Darkestan. That will be an edict that everybody has to feed power back. Into Hang on, I'll, I'll just get my country. minion. That, that is a terrifying thought. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just talking our to fearless, yeah, Our yeah. fearless leader, Byron Matthew Darkus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, um, with that, we have reached the finish line. So it's time to say thank you, Tim. And thank you, Jesse. Thank you Byron. Thank you, James. Thank you, Tim. And um, thanks to our champion of podcast perfection, paddle pop expert and owl enthusiast, Mr. Pritchard for his wizardry on the buttons and sliders. Today, he's wearing a T-shirt saying, last name hungry, first name always. Squid pants and crocheted tank slippers, an incredible ensemble. Uh, Jump into the conversation, Cars Guide's on Facebook and Instagram or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Apple podcast listeners, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Five is the preferred uh, number of stars. That would be great. Thank you. Um, if you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe to the Car's Guide YouTube channel so you can stay on top of all our latest content. But before we go, you know, COVID travel restrictions are, are easing up a bit. And a mate of mine was telling me he was recently state for a couple of days on business. And he said to his, his young bloke, look, you can, you can borrow the car. You can borrow my car for the first time while I'm away. It's kind of a coming-of-age thing, you know, you can you can borrow Dad's car. Anyway, uh, he arrives back home, hugs and kisses uh, with his partner, but senses something, something's up. Sure enough, his son saunters into the room and says, Dad, I've got some good news and some bad news about the car. My mate says, okay, give me the good news first. He says, well, the good news is all the airbags work perfectly. There wasn't much conversation after that.